Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. I'm Nick Jimenez. You can find me on the socials at Nick M. Jimenez. All righty. And today we're talking about Minute 143, Part 5, All the King's Horses of Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, Nick, you pointed out on off air that we have 100 episodes left of this. We you know we're at 143 now, and there's a total of 243. So after this, we'll start counting down. We'll be at 99, and as you said, we'll be in the double digits. So we're getting there. Crazy. We are getting through this movie. It's, it's kind of wild to think that uh, this uh, the minute that we're talking about today is, is the, the, the gang digs up a dead body. <laughs> Uh, that, that's yeah. what's happening in this minute, and uh, it's it's crazy that with a hundred minutes left, this is this is part five of you know seven parts, and they're just now starting to try to reanimate Superman. Um, this minute here is wildly different than uh, the 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 theatrical version. I I was going back and I rewatched. Uh, what was going on in that the two-hour version of the movie? It's a completely completely different scene. Ezra Miller and Ray Fisher come back to shoot a whole new set of lines as they dig up Superman's body, and um, the jokes in that one are questionable. Um, and there's jokes in this one, so it seems kind of like well, I understand trying to add more humor to a movie, but when you rewrite jokes to replace other jokes it, it seems kind of like why do you, why why waste the time um and then of course in this minute we also have a moment between aquaman and wonder woman which we'd never got to see before and they really get to talk about their relationship as amazon and atlantean so there's a lot there's a lot to enjoy in this minute um where do you guys want to start with this one uh the beginning of course of course uh ray fisher as cyborg barry allen uh, played by Ezra Miller. They are digging up the body. And uh, I think one of the more fascinating things to say is that they can do this in a nanosecond if they wanted to, but they choose not to. It seems like the choice is like mutually made in that moment of the question being asked, though. Um, and it does obviously relate to the respect of the person that they are digging up. Um, Victor's lines here in this entire sequence, even in tomorrow's minute when he they have a little bit more of a dialogue, um, right? Um, yeah, it, yes. it's it's great. I think the uh, just the tone, just the way he was presenting this character of this somber act that they're doing um, is excellent. Nick, uh, I won't step too much on your feet here, but you did um, reference the grave digging scene out of Hamlet and how. Um, this very much mirrors that same instance um, with its, you know, uh, commentary on just like life itself and also in comic relief uh, as well. (laughs) Right. Um, I think that was more so what people saw when Marky referenced the 2017 version. I I really do think someone was like, oh, yeah, it is like Hamlet. That's the funny part go with funny and like they really tried to go with funny on that side and it's like whoa 
okay, wait, you saw Hamlet? (laughs) Right. And, you know, uh, among many other things, Joss Whedon is uh, a noted Shakespeare dweeb. So there's very little chance he didn't make that same kind of connection at one point. Um, but like just to f- like full send the funny on that side where it was just that's that's a bold choice, honestly, um, yeah. in my opinion, it really is, because when you do put the two together, it's like one is clearly an A plus and the other was like so you what happened? You were the group sitting next to this group, right? Like, <laughs> well, well, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, uh, go for it, Nick. Oh, no, no. <laughs> thank you. It, it, it's interesting because like the reason I picked this minute is. Please. You know, because when 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 Mark was like, "Hey, like, what 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 part of not even knowing where the movie it was, I was like, I want to talk about the scene where Cyborg and the Flash are digging up Superman's grave," uh, because when I saw this in the 2017 version, I was like, my jaw was on the floor. Yeah, because I'm like, this is the weirdest freaking thing I've ever seen in a superhero. They're digging up Superman's grave, but in the Whedon version, they do kind of lean in on the jokes and the absurdity, and so that's what I remember. But watching this the Snyder version, what's interesting is like, yeah, it they this is a very re- reflective, quiet character building couple of scenes for multiple characters, and like, yeah, I just like one line where he's like, yeah, we you know, with the with the Flash being like, you know, we could do this like super quickly, and Victor being like, we could, and then like, yeah, you're right, this is a kind of a almost a holy thing that we're doing we should do this mm-hmm. with our bodies and with our, and it should be a little tiring and tedious. And you're like, wow. Like they really kind of took what could be just a really goofy thing, which it was in the 2017 version. They're digging up Superman's grave with shovels, but yeah. it, instead they're taking it seriously. And it's almost like this really kind of lovely b- bonding moment between these two got people on these two people on the team. Yeah. And, and it's, it's one thing for for Zach and Chris Terrio to decide on this is how they're going to go about that scene. I think either way, ultimately Zach was going to to make sure that if they they they're going to have a big discussion on whether or not they should bring Superman back to life, and so they're going to have gravity on that. But he's also going to insist that there be gravity on actually taking his body. Like if you're if you're really talking about touching someone's remains that you're going to respect and honor it as you do it. And so have a scene like this. Now it is interesting that it's a scene that plays out like this rather what people might expect um, Zack Snyder to do in kind of like the Watchmen 300 uh, kind of way of going about it where uh, this could have been more like, how it was in Dawn of Justice with the funeral procession and being kind yeah. of like this very, uh, I always call it music video because it's the better, best way to kind of describe the way he does these slow, the flowing, long related, and, like, you know, like the casket being raised up. Like it doesn't have that kind of holy. Yeah. Ritualistic. Uh, uh, ritualistic uh, upheaval of, of his remains. Yeah. They don't, he doesn't do it so much as that. And in this way it is like you said, there's no music. It's just dialogue shovels hitting the dirt and a chance for these characters to, to work together. And, um, in real life, this happens, right? You guys are, you're having this project, you guys are working together and this is a time for the only way to break the tension is to actually start talking to each other as you do it. 
And in the 2017 version, the conversation between Cyborg and The Flash um, is kind of all over the place. Uh, there, I mean, there's they also use it as a moment to reflect on the battle instead of having the round table moment uh, to talk about the mother box and what they can do with it. They, it's a moment for Cyborg to talk about how they have to do this because Steppenwolf is a threat. So whether or not they believe it's the right thing to do, they feel it's a logical move because of Steppenwolf. Whereas in Zack Snyder's version, they collectively agree before they do it that they do it because it's the right thing to do. So it's the way you write how they go about it that changes this whole thing narratively. And, and of course, there's a, there's a joke about uh, uh, Barry Allen trying to fist bump Cyborg and, right. and trying to make friends because he says he needs friends. Uh, Victor Stone is not... He does not... Uh, uh, what's the term? He Reciprocate? Reciprocate. Uh, and, uh, and, then and then Barry says it's, uh, that was racially charged. Uh, it, it's very awkward. It's a very awkward thing. Funny joke. Know. Everyone laughs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Racism. Funny. Uh, and so it, it's very strange, but, but this thing here about, you know, it would take a nanosecond to do it. And he says, yeah, it, it could. Um, and they choosing not to, it's funny, but it's also respectful. It's like, yes, like let's. Let's honor this process, not just blow through it because we can. We choose to to take the time to to lift Clark out of his grave. There's uh um, there's this movie called Blue Valentine with Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams that came out like about a decade ago. And mm-hmm. there's this behind the scenes story that I, I read once that uh in the movie they they play a married couple and uh their their pet dies. And so there's a scene where they're they're you know they're digging a grave for the pet in the backyard, and Ryan Gosling asked the crew not to do it for him. He was like, I don't want like some crew like people to, like dig the grave and have it. I want to actually physically dig the grave myself, because um, I think physically doing that with my body will help me like get into the mindset of like burying a pet. I don't want to just be like places and then stand in a hole that I didn't dig and get tired doing. And yeah. It's kind of what this reminded me of. So, like, you brought that a little bit up. These uh, were led to believe that uh, the Barry Allen and Victor Stone obviously know how to properly dig up a grave because <laughs> yeah. this thing is the, the dimensions of this hole are perfect. perfect. And there's also, yeah. like, a step. I wouldn't know to make a <laughs> step for myself to, like, you know, give myself leverage about pulling a, a six foot box yeah. up. You know well, what I mean? One but, of like, them has done this before. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could probably yeah. get by with saying like, okay, Victor obviously knows the instructions on how to do everything. Ah, that's you true. You know, he could look up a YouTube video instantly and just be like, <laughs> how to he dig a grave. And then, you know, just clear his history and no one knows no one knows <laughs> right. it better, you know? That's He's amazing. good. He digged up his own grave earlier in the movie, so it's not the first time. He, he actually- went hands and like backhoe hands and just kind of did like the whole yeah. kid at a beach style. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that again. Yeah, he yeah. said no. We actually got. That's why he's not. Time. He's like, I already did it earlier. Uh, it's maybe not this time. Yeah, I'm gonna pull up a wiki how. Yeah, <laughs> twelve steps. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, 
it's it's a great moment between these two characters here. I do like that they both have their hoods on. Um, That's mm -hmm. excellent. I do like that it is supposed to be somewhat sneaky, I guess. Is that what, you know, the first instance? Um, But also just the wardrobe choice of having these hooded figures as grave diggers is like, that's stage play right there. Like that is what you're supposed to look at on the stage center right there and everything else. Um, I think the placement is just excellent. That's great. Yeah. I really enjoy that they've decided to pair Barry and Victor together because they are these younger additions to the justice league that their, their DNA has been, uh, betwixt with like these metahuman abilities. I mean, Barry has been struck by lightning and turned into a flash and then, Victor's rebirth with this mother box. So this is all new to them and their powers seem like the sky's the limit. Yet they they're learning, they're 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 coming to terms with what they have and yet at the same time they're in the grave of the Superman, someone who has died saving the planet and has saved the planet multiple times. So they're standing in the grave of of an actual God to them uh, that they've come to know. And, um, and then off in the distance, we have Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Atlantean and, and uh, um, Amazonian, uh, the Amazonian and, and their relationship is something else that we don't get much of, but it's, it's something I've always wanted more of is to have a conversation about these older ancient civilizations their history with each other. And so as Barry and, and Cyborg talk amongst each other, then we, we move over to, to Wonder Woman and, and Aquaman. And first of all, the, the, the coat that Gal Gadot is wearing as Wonder Woman, she's seen, she's also has a bit of a wardrobe change here. She has like this long kind of trench coat with this high collar, um, magnificent, uh, outfit piece here. Um, but it's great to hear this because I, I've always wanted this. I've always been intrigued about um, these two cultures, how they meet their history with each other. Um, so for me personally, like I've always loved this bit. Um, and there's, uh, there's a lot to, to talk about it here for me, but what are your guys' thoughts on, on Arthur Curry and, and Diana? Well, Nick, it's, by all means. Oh, thank you. Well, it's, it's really funny. I don't know if this is deliberate, but it's like of the four of them, they... they Diana and Arthur are like royalty. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So like, they're not going to be the ones like toiling and digging the graves. Like, no, they're... not at all. Arthur <laughs> even opens the door for Diana when they get out of the van. It's like, yeah, that's the carriage. I mean, they, <laughs> they showed up here. You it's, guys go do the work, go do the grunt work. And we're just going to like sit and talk. And yeah, it, it's also really cool that, you know, this being the Snyder cut, this is four hours long. It's not just, like Martian Manhunter, like fan service kind of stuff. You also get to do like, you know, the 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 Joss Whedon version always seemed like it was like just like, okay, we can't have this be longer than two hours. We have to get to we have to get this done now. But yes. with this, you do get a cool little quiet, chill moment between these two characters. And it's this just really reminds me again of like something that you would see in Lord of the Rings, where it's like Gimli and Legolas referring to like the the background stuff baggage mm, between yes. dwarves and elves and boy who'd have ever thought an atlantean and an amazonian would be working together and it just kind of helps build make this feel like an epic 
yeah. of this is the culmination of like generations and generations of conflict and war and and relationships and existence yeah. just mm-hmm. like the presence on earth that like these two civilizations share you know yeah I, on the same planet is really great world building um it really is a great part of this film um i always saw it as like a somber reminder of you know the fragility of life if you will um because they are standing in superman's grave that also should be right that should give you pause in general yeah you talk about the death of superman and return of like all the time and when you reference in comics you reference more of it like as you know the use in literary functions i guess you know that kind of thing or just as the event itself as death and rebirth from just that main character kind of thing oh well he did come back you know it's more of just like this kind of backhanded argument or 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 just conversation piece that doesn't really go anywhere just that um but when you see it visually here played out between not just like as a reader seeing kind of the ins and outs of a death and then waiting weeks and or months for another return you see it from the the perspective of the chorus and i keep on saying that term but it really is like it's the other members viewpoint of what they're doing um you'll notice that bruce isn't here he was the one that is gung-ho we got to do this thing okay well why aren't you the one where's the shovel in your hand dude it's like i understand you're doing other stuff you're batmanning i get it but you're the obsessive one here you don't got to let mom and dad take the kids out to the park and tell them, you know, pull the rug out from under them and be like, surprise, we're going grave digging, you know? They were going, they wanted ice cream. Yeah. It, and um, Aquaman, too, is a bit defensive here when I'm speaking to Diana and, and, and the way you said of it being just in the existence that these two worlds exist. I, I think Diana comes to the conversation as such where she's saying, that uh, who would have thought like Atlanteans and, and Amazons working together again. And I think she just says it based out of historical and, and he almost treats it like politics. Like I'm not really associated with them. So yeah. I'm sorry if this is conflicting to you, um, but I'm half Atlantean and I, um, I hate them just as much as you do. So like very like politically, uh, you know, in that mindset of like, oh, I'm sorry, pl- I don't associate me with that. I am sorry, um, but she doesn't mean it as so. She's only speaking historically because that's that's the upbringing that she has. Um, but when she replies saying hate is useless, I, I get the feeling that she agrees that both both civilizations have hated each other, and she's saying to him like. The Amazons felt the same way, but I don't, and I don't agree with that. You know, I, I say historically that they've been at they've been at a disagreement or been have some sort of political schism, but I don't share that same thing. So I don't. I also don't want to be seen the same way that you hate Atlanteans. I don't want you to feel the same way about the Amazons or the Mascara. Um, we do not look le- or I choose not to look. Uh, unequal at, at anyone so it's 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 a really nice conversation that they have yeah. here like Zack snyder and chris terrio you know they're not very well known 
for their dialogue. That's never been something that they've, I think, been celebrated for or, you know, listen. But this is like every line of dialogue in this minute is saying so much. Like when when Arthur's like, don't worry, I hate them, too. And, you know, and, and her line is hate is useless. It's saying it's like, don't presume that I have the prejudices that you have. Like, yeah, yes. Dude, you don't know me that well, dude. Like step up. But but it's very cordial. It's very it's a very, you know, he's given her the flasks. Like, oh, no, thank you. It's it's very cordial. But there is this kind of like investigation of these characters being like, are you like this? Like, no, I am not like this. Are you like this? Very, uh, very breakfast clubby in a sense. Yeah, of, you know. for sure. <laughs> Like just trying to find that middle ground between cool motorcycle guy and scholar, the, cool, yeah. the coolest girl in school, you know, the queen yeah, bee, essentially. Um, but yeah, it, it does seem like it it humbles Aquaman like quite a bit. Um, I really like thinking that uh, I I just want the two of them to like just share knowledge. That's the thing, and more mm-hmm. so, just like I want I I want Diana to like teach Aquaman about old civilization and old kings of Atlantis and, and wars and, and mm. animosity between people and and do that whole, you know, Billy Madison montage of, of teaching <laughs> before a test. Like, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I like want we, that shared knowledge. We spent all our Gal Gadot uh cameos in in dc movies i was gonna say uh, but what but and yeah most shazam too and and the flash and if only we had saved one of those moments for like volko and wonder woman in aquaman 2 it would have been like oh there that would have been a good thing to have is it, having willem dafoe and 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 gal gadot talk about history or like yeah or like when nate was saying if there is a scene where aquaman is presented with a problem and he goes to Diana for like reference of like, hey, I don't really have any like you can you, like, what is this? Like, well, you know, thousands of years ago, this happened and this happened. Yeah. You know, of like she doesn't just have to show up at the very end and solve everyone's problems like they can yeah. do kind of the Marvel thing where sometimes they will come to visit each other with a problem. Be like, how would you help me? Help me. Help me. So help me think about this. Yeah. That's really what we want. We just want the open door policy. Um, why wouldn't Aquaman think to go like ask Diana or some sort of ancient civilization with knowledge about the giant telepathic crab monster that yeah. he ran into? But you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. obviously his mm-hmm. mother knew about it, so it's like, oh, I, you know, there's that. But but yeah, like you kind of go to that. That's the thing. The the knowledge building. You want the world building. You want Aquaman to go to the library of. Themyscira and be like what does this mean it's like I don't know dude you look it up you're the king go right be king you know do the whole do the whole thing but hey we could we could hope and dream (laughs) or 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 I could write we'll find out I'll be back we'll find out in in December right Right. I think yeah yeah um the other thing I really like is 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 Aquaman uh presenting the flask to Diana and Diana uh, you know, very cordially, she she denies it. Um, it's something that I've I've noticed a lot lately with Wonder Woman in these movies, in yeah. Dawn of Justice as yeah. well, right? Or she's at yeah, the she gala, puts, and puts she her like immediately. Yeah, she, she refuses it at, at Lex Luthor's gala, and then in in um in the art gala in in Gotham or wherever she she's is. She's handed that, a champagne, and then as she takes her start yeah, walking, she puts it on the thing. She puts like, it down I'm without done. the guy realizing that yeah. she didn't want it in the first place. So throughout the series, throughout throughout the DC Cinematic Universe, she's always denied consuming alcohol. And, and you could take that as like, oh, yeah, she doesn't drink. 
but she does drink once. Very importantly, she has a beer with Steve Trevor in the snow and veld. Yes. After the battle. And that's the only time she drinks. She has a great time with Steve Trevor. They have their slow dance, um, have a beautiful moment there. Um, and that's the only time she has a sip of alcohol. And she enjoys it too. She, she enjoys the whole moment with Steve Trevor. It's a very just beautiful, tender moment. Um, and that's the only time she consumes alcohol. And I think it's important to uh, to note that. That's cool. Um, I wonder if that carries over to 1984. Like if we were to go back and watch, like is there a scene where she, you know, refuses alcohol or chooses not to drink at a party or something? Yeah, I don't think there... Because I know she goes to another gala, right? <laughs> yes, but she's like, she's got, you know, she's beelining it with the sword in her dress. Right. No, uh... In oh, in 1984. 84. Yeah, she goes to the Oh, 84. I'm so sorry. Yeah, well, she's got the long white dress, right? And then she meets Steve hmm. Trevor for the first time, right? Yeah, I don't if know. I, remember, I, I think remember. I'm remembering the trailer more than uh, I'm remembering the movie. Cheetah has uh, her big, like, whoa, who's that? Kind of like The Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I need to watch <laughs> that movie again. I, that's, see, that's, another, uh, that's another movie. With baggage. That, with baggage. <laughs> And I remember like Nate and I really liking it at first and then um, the weight of the world falling on top of it. And we talked about it a little bit with uh, when you did Franchiseography, Nick. It's another podcast you and Scott do right. uh, where you guys did Jurassic Park. And I was talking about like the, you know, the gaping trench in Jurassic Park being like, man, if people found that out back then and Twitter existed, they'd be <laughs> dogging on that movie uh, immediately. Sure. <laughs> So, um, it's just, it seems like newer movies nowadays, um, get a lot of baggage, no matter how, how good or bad they actually are. Well, there's so much Um, identity politics and I think the Zach, the DC movies in general have been kind of plagued with that, unfortunately of like, it kind of reminds me of like the console wars when I was in high school. It really does. (laughs) It's like, where does the hate and animosity or like the even arguments need to even like come from? It's like, okay, is it just because you're tired of the trial and error mentality or something? Because I don't know. Maybe people don't even see it as that. Um, Yeah. But whatever. Um, I was going to say, it's fun that we're assuming that uh, Aquaman does have alcohol in this. uh, (laughs) That's true. It's just just seawater. It's not a flask, right? It's a a canteen. It's (laughs) it's it's Aquaman. it's got some, uh, hang on. It almost looks no, like, it it's, almost it's, like a flask. it's a flask. It's okay. 100% a flask. <laughs> it's lean. Yeah. And it's got it's... the metal bottom. Okay. I got it. Uh, this scene's cool because it's like, they are, it, the scene finds the similarities between them. Like, wow, we are both individual people that represent this grand ancient lineage of two great civilizations. But whereas Wonder Woman grew up in her culture and knows all the traditions aquaman's like i'm half i'm i don't really have a close relationship with my heritage like you do and Mm -hmm. i a big reason why the aquaman movie is in addition to being like fun and goofy and the octopus plays the drums like um i'm so glad that's just one thing that you say (laughs) about that that's everyone has to oh my god Uh, but like an emotional reason why I remember really vibing with it back in 2018 was, uh, I, my, I have two nephews that are biracial and, Mm. and that's not like my experience, but I do, I do know what it's like to kind of be sort of dealing with like, I don't know what my relationship with my heritage is or like 
the country that my ancestors are from. And so I always appreciated Aquaman, the, the Jason Momoa version of Aquaman being like dealing, grappling with that and being put down because of that and being like, I don't know, like I, I have right now, Arthur has this very combative relationship with his heritage and the Atlantean part of himself. And going forward, knowing that the solo movie is kind of about him claim reclaiming that and doing it his own way is cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I really love that, that first Aquaman movie. I think it's just a lot of fun and yet it hits all the points of, of such a well-rounded character. And even like it kind of, that movie starts off with him kind of making a mistake because he's so, um, I guess aggressive at first or he's so black and white about things. Um, and, and the way that he is here in this minute where he's just like, Oh, I'm sorry. That's not me. You know, I'm half Atlantean. I don't associate with that. And just being so cut off Mm -hmm. where, and then he's, then he like grows into it. He kind of grows into it the same way morally as well, where that's the way he treats, uh, black Manta. And he's like, she's like, no, you're a villain. You don't deserve help at all. I'll see you later. Goodbye. Um, and then he he, he kind of starts to realize he's created this this villain that won't give up now. Um, and so I've I've always loved that arc. And so that's why that when he uh, fights Ocean Master and he has a chance to to kill him, he then acts in kindness instead of cruelty, like he did in the beginning. Because then he realizes that only his kindness can truly like blend the world back together. Um, and so I've, I've always loved that that he decides not to kill off um, part of his culture, which would be killing off Ocean Master. All right, we're going to wrap up for today. If you've enjoyed today's show, please consider leaving a five-star review. It really does help the show and helps new listeners discover our show as well. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can chat with us on Twitter at DCEU Minute. And if you'd like to hear more bonus content, we also have a Patreon for just $3 with tons of other podcasts to listen to. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you on the next one here on DC Cinematic Minute.